If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. I ran around scaring kids. It was the greatest day of my life. Over 40 years later, I'm still doing it. My first taunt, we used strings on skulls in a coffee can. But you can't scare people like that anymore. You have to be more sophisticated. Char Mayer has hauntings down to a science and an art. Char is a professional scare actor, producer, and speaker who is legendary in the haunt industry. For four decades, she's not only been scaring the daylights out of people in haunts, which have included Not Scary Farm, Sinister Point, and Delusion, she's also created monster makeup, taught workshops, and designed haunt experiences. Most recently, she's been working on the production of the Extreme Haunt The 17th Door in Fullerton, as well as producing Southern California's original summertime Halloween convention, Scare LA. Char is one of three haunt professionals whose story director John Schnitzer explores in his 2017 documentary, Haunters, the Art of the Scare. And in August of 2018 in Los Angeles, as producer of Scare LA, Char took the show in a direction no convention has ever taken before. If you happen to hear a few shrieks and screams in the background of the following, that's because we recorded this interview from the floor of Scare LA 2018 as they premiered the world's first fully immersive dark convention. Shark, how did you first fall in love with haunting? Is something you wanted to do? Oh, I fell in love with haunting when I was a little kid. When I was in kindergarten, I saw people dressed for Halloween, and I was like, this is great. My mother didn't know what I wanted to be. She just dressed me up as a princess. And then I wanted to be scary. I saw this kid as a skeleton, and I was like, I want to be that. My mother got me a witch costume, which was good. <laughs> but then the next year, she bought me a skeleton costume, and this is 1968, 69, and here I am, this young girl in a skeleton costume, very unusual. I ran around scaring kids. It was the greatest day of my life. And that was it. I found out you can scare people, and I started scaring people in my house, which was not a good thing for my mom. She was very angry, and she, like, banned it. It's kind of interesting because now here I am, grown person, and my husband's also banned scaring in the house. <laughs> well, now you've got to tell me, what kind of scare in the house did you like to do? Oh, the bathroom, of course. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. You just hop in the, in the shower, somebody comes, you know somebody's going to come in the bathroom sooner or later, and you just got to wait. The other one I used to like to do is when my mother was going to the front door, and I'd, I'd see her, and I'd slip outside. We had a foyer. And we had ponchos hanging, and I'd slide into the poncho, so only my face was showing, and I'd stay perfectly still. And then my mother would be unlocking the door, and all I had to do was raise my hand and go, Wah! and she go, she would, <laughs> she would scream and hit me. It's you know, it's my mom, but it was still, don't you ever do that again? Yeah, okay, mom. You had a good time. Uh, yeah, and you know, the thrill of scaring people really was embedded in me at a young age. Then I did a with Girl Scouts. I did a home haunt was my first one. I did that with some of my Girl Scout friends. We did that for a couple of years. And then, you know, my mom did not want to have a haunted house in her house. So when that closed, I looked for something else. And then I started to get into haunted mazes and seeing that there is other things to do that you can go out and scare people. And over 40 years later, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. And you adore it. 
I love it. It's absolutely the scary feeling that people get when they come through haunted houses, the fun feeling that they get when they get scared. When a haunter scares you, we feel that too, but we feel it triple. We, it's so much, if you like that scary feeling, that's what we're feeling. We're scaring you, we're getting that adrenaline rush. That's why when you see people haunting, nothing stops them. Now you know, you saw haunters, I have a back injury because I was injured during haunting. I'm in pain all the time. But once I get my makeup, my mask on, I start feeling the monster come out, nothing will stop me. It's just something that's inside me that I just let out and no pain. I'm totally, I feel fine. I don't have any kind of pain or, you know, it's like I don't have any disability. And then, you know, within a few minutes of stopping, when the adrenaline wears off, you start feeling it all come back again. You made a really interesting statement in Haunters. You said scaring somebody is like a little mini relationship. Why? It absolutely is. Because say you're my victim and I'm gonna scare you. And I mean that in the nicest way, of course. The moment I'm in your sight, the moment I come up, I creep on you, I might touch you gently, depending on where I am, some places you can't touch. Right away there, you're gonna look at me, our eyes are gonna connect. You're gonna see me as my monster. And then I'm gonna make a move or an attack or do something to you. Or just seeing me where I'm not there, where you think, Maybe you're walking with somebody else and I'll slide in between the other person. And then you'll think, oh, that's my friend who came with me. And you turn to look at them and there I am. And that kind of, <gasps> they connect with you, you connect with them. And you feel that adrenaline thing that everybody shares when you do something like that. And that's why I always say there's like a connection that you make. I would never have thought of that. You know, our audience is not gonna forgive us if I don't get you to give me a little mini lesson on the science behind the art of the scare, especially since you have taught Girl Scout classes on makeup. How do you do that? What do you do to make really good, scary makeup, scientifically speaking? So to do scary makeup, I teach a makeup course to haunters. And I taught some to the Girl Scouts too. Of course, it was modified. But for haunters, I always tell my, my new haunters that you have to be ready. You have to have two pockets, one with a zombie and one with a clown or whatever monsters you have. Those are the two easiest. That's why I always like to do those. And you have to learn how to do makeup good enough that it looks better than throwing on a rubber mask. Now, there are some amazing masks that they are making right now that are made of silicon that move with your face that look real. But, you know, to get something like that, you're going to drop four, eight, thousand, twelve hundred for a good silicon mask. But they're beautiful works of art. So not everybody has that. So I'm trying to show haunters a way to do basic makeup techniques that I taught myself when I was a kid, because I didn't want to wear a mask, I wanted to wear makeup. Ways to use liquid latex and cotton and, and sometimes tissues. It's a technique that is, that was designed, you know, back in the like, like 60s about how to work, I call it working wet. So every time you do it, it's like you're making a mask on your own face. So you're working with liquid latex, you put that on, and then you're putting cotton on in different places, and you're pulling the cotton out a little bit, and then you put latex over it, so it kind of all adheres, and then pieces are hanging out. You paint the whole thing, well paint, you put makeup on the whole thing, just like you put foundation on, and then you get your thick blood, and then you get your, thick blood is like the best one because it doesn't drip. And then you just put thick blood inside cracks, hollow out your eyes a little bit with some shading. You never make raccoons. That's one of the big mistakes new haunters do. They make raccoon eyes, but you know, shading, fading, all on the here, here. Sometimes you put it over your, your latex and you shade out, you know, so you look at a picture of a monster that you like 
and you look at look at it, you know, creatively. What are they doing that I can do that I could do to my face? One of my favorite things to do is do like a latex kind of thing, and then you rip it on your face. So it looks like your skin is ripped, but it doesn't hurt you. You know, and it looks like when you take it off, it looks like the old Mission Impossible when they take off those those latex. That's what it looks like. But like if you just put latex on your face, just straight latex, get a blow dryer, make it dry, and then you just put a pinhole in it and rip it just a little bit. It looks like ripped skin. And then you put a little blood on it and let it come out. And it's a real easy technique that anybody could do. And it looks great. It looks great. It's special effects makeup or 3D makeup, but it's done really quick and easy. All my zombie things, the pictures on my website of me doing zombies, that's all stuff I did that, and people are like, oh, that's a, uh, no, it doesn't take that long. It's not hard. Anybody can learn it. You don't have to have talent. You know, I could teach people how to do it in 15 minutes to a half hour and then putting it on. I could do a quick one in 20 minutes to get to the way I'm happy with it, usually about 40 minutes. But that's pretty fast for makeup jobs. I mean, it's not a movie makeup, but it's good enough to work at any place, any short films, any TV shows, stuff like that, that I could just put it together, zombie walks. You know, I just love doing zombies, and now The Walking Dead got really popular a couple of years ago, so zombies became like a cool thing to do. When you talk about the blood effects and everything, where's a good resource you'd like to give people to buy fake blood, for example, that's not hugely, hugely expensive? Well, I actually make my own blood. It's really easy. Caro syrup, which is like a pancake syrup you get into the supermarket, $2, $3, and food color. And you can find lots of recipes on how to make blood. And it's, I have a few that I like. Just uh, It's red in a couple of drops of yellow, depending on how much. But that's the cheapest way to make your own blood. And also what's nice about that is if you're using it with kids, it's all safe. And it can even go in your mouth because it's pancake syrup. Uh, if you want to buy straight up makeup that they sell, there's all these makeup there's all these makeup studios. You can go on Amazon. You can buy makeup. You just got to look at the, you know, look at the ratings like everything else. But, like, I usually have with me when I'm going to do any makeup. It's always, like, liquid latex. And I love thick blood. Thick blood is just nice because it doesn't drip. So, you know, it'll stay where you put it. Sometimes I'll paint things, like, with a red and black. And I'll do some shading depending on what I'm doing. And I also like to do what I call a cereal zombie. So you take Rice Krispies, Corn Flakes. I've used Cheerios. Cheerios is really cool. You put latex on your face. And you, you put these different things on. You paint over them. And it like becomes like you're all pockmarked and stuff. And then it's all shading. So you want to get like a black and a brown and a red kind of uh, cream makeup. And then just put, you know, the darker colors are in deep. And the lighter colors. So you use the lighter color on the tips. And then the darker colors in deep. And it gives it like that three, well, it is three-dimensional, but it looks even more intense. So there's a lot of fun things you can do with just a bottle of latex. And like I said, cereal, paper, cotton, all those things. It's really easy to do. I'm imagining people rushing off to the store now after they hear you. What would be some, four decades later, after having taught at the 17th door at Not Scary Farm and done a lot of haunting, what would be some of the lessons that you teach people about haunting itself? Okay, are you talking about people who are becoming haunters, new haunters? I am, but I'd also like to know a little bit about when you do something like the 17th store, when you're not necessarily jumping out at people, but you're in a scenario. Okay, so those are two, 
Okay, so the 17th door is a theatrical haunt, so it has a storyline that goes through it, and it also is an extreme haunt, so we have things like bugs and all different kind of stuff, water bugs, uh, electricity. So people come in contact with like some weird stuff like that that's in the extreme haunt field. But I don't, at this point in my life, because of my back injury, I just can't do that kind of pop-up haunting anymore. So I do acting. So I'll do horror acting. I play, I've played at 70 Door the teacher. I've played the psychiatrist. I'm going to play a different type of doctor this year. I'm working on a character for that. So I like that because they let me work on it. The other thing I do, like at 17th Door and some other places I do, is I'll do mentoring for young haunters, new haunters, and people wanting to get more into it, and also teaching. So the number one thing that I'm stressing right now that everybody should be doing if they're doing haunt right now is get in shape. Start your cardio. People look at me, I'm a little on the big side, okay? I do start trying to get as much exercise. If you don't have a good cardio workout by the time haunt starts, you're not gonna make it through the first weekend. You have to be able to train like you train like you're an athlete. It's weird, like haunting is kind of like we're an artist and an athlete crisscross. So you, you're a performer, you're an artist, you're doing a show, but you, it's also so physical. And that's why most of the haunters today are 18 to 24, 25 years old, that's about it. You very rarely see people in my age range haunting. There are some, there are some that just, like me, just can't stop. And then there are people that are coming to it later. I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to try that. Okay, let's start off with the basics. One, get your cardio ready. Get yourself ready physically. And then you have to know where you're haunting and what the style of haunting is. There's a lot of different types of haunting. When I worked at Not Scary Farm, I worked both in the maze and in the streets. They're completely different styles of haunting. I also did promotions, daytime promotions for knots. So I did six years driving around in a hearse with my partner and we did, it was fun. We did a lot of colleges and a lot of daytime stuff. So again, a different style. So if you were working in a maze, you would find out first of all the rules of your haunt because every haunt has different rules. If you're allowed to touch your guests, if you're not, at the 17th door you are allowed to touch. But I try to encourage all my haunters, try not to touch. The less is more idea. People are not scared getting grabbed. They'll get an instant startle and then you're done and you've lost them, you can't go anywhere with it. If you build up your scare, it's so much better. I wanna start where I'll get a startle from someone, we'll make the eye connection, and then I'll start creeping on them and getting in closer, and then I'll go fast again. So it's a change of speed, that's always good, always a good scare technique. But it's the idea that you don't want to just go blah into their, their face. That No one is scared by that. Maybe in the 1970s, a pop-up like that might scare you for a moment, but it's just a startle. There's so much more to haunting than just getting a startle. You're looking for that point where they're scared. Now they take a breather and they think you're leaving them alone, and then you come back on them again. And again, they're screaming. The best feeling is when you they think it's over, and they're like, oh, and you turn on them, and you're coming back. And then they're like, no, that's great. I love that. And sometimes they fall to the ground and lose some fluids sometimes if I'm lucky. <laughs> no. I'll warn people to be careful if they go yeah. around you. Yeah, I'm, we're good with that. We love when people do stuff like that. At the 17th door, we also do, we have a safe word. So if you say the word mercy, 
something's too much for you, you're in a room, the rooms are about a minute long, you're in the room, you're locked in the room, things are happening, it's too much for you, you say, mercy, all our actors are trained to let them out, you don't play with them anymore, they're done. They go, they can either skip the room or leave, which is really nice, because if you're in a room, you love every room, one after another, and then you get into the, there's 17 door, you get into the 11th room, and there's a giant snake, and you're petrified of snakes, but you don't want to leave, you're like, mercy, the actor will let you out, and then you'll either meet your group afterwards or you can leave. So it's up to you. One of the few places, I don't know anybody else's that's doing a haunt like that. I'm really happy doing that one because I said this in the movie Haunters. I don't like to scare people if that's not what they want. you know. And if they're done, I always tell my kids this too, all my haunt kids. When they're done, they're done. You'll know when somebody had enough. You know, there's no reason to push people over the edge to the point where they're psychotic. You want to get your scare, you want to give it to them as much as they can take, and then as a professional, we have to know when enough is enough, and where's the line. Because you want that person at the end coming out going, oh, that was so scary, oh, I loved it. And there's a line that you can cross where you, you're not giving the people their respect. And, you know, I want you to scream, I want you to cry, but I'm going to respect you as a human. If you had enough, and we usually know, and again, that comes with experience, when you have enough, enough is enough, you know. I'm not into torturing people, I just want them to scream, and be scared, and yell at me, not hit me, but yell at me, get away from me, I hate you. If I'm a clown, I hate clowns. I love that. What do you think? You telling me that you hate clowns is going to make me do anything but go closer to you and to scare you more? I can't stand looking at you. Well, guess what? I'm going to come over to you and I'm going to be your best friend. Real easy stuff. If somebody's automatically a friend of clowns and you're a clown, boom, easy scares. <laughs> the whole thing you've just said has to do with psychology behind the scare and the signs of a good scare and the slowly coming in. It reminds me of nothing so much as some of the best psychological horror movies I've seen where you think it's over and it's not over and it's not over and boom and there it is. Exactly and I'm all for that idea. The idea that well we can look at movies like horror movies and see what works in horror movies and I always tell my haunters and my haunt kids you know what's your favorite haunt movie? Look how it's designed. Look how it's structured. Watch the scares. Watch what happens. All the classic stuff, all the stuff that's out now. Okay, there are shows that cross all lines and just do things different. But most horror movies, the good ones, have that suspense. Have that, you're terrified, you think it's happening, you think it's happening, and then it happens from this side. It comes from a different angle, and I like doing that. It's there is a lot of psychology that goes into haunting. You're trying to figure out what the person is wanting, what the person is doing. At the same time, you're trying to keep yourself safe because you, you gotta watch the guest body language. If they're curling up their fingers, they're raising their hands up, you're moving backwards because you wanna go for your scares, but you don't wanna get hit or any sort of violence put on you. It does happen. A lot of times people will get scared and just go boom, Oh, I'm sorry. 
And then they're like, no, I'm not, you know, or something like that. That's fine. As a haunter, you accept that kind of, you know, physical things. It's when people are angry and mad at you and they go like this, you got to back up real quick. So there's a lot of that. And like I said, psychology, you got to read your victim. You got to know which way to go with them. If something's not working, you got to be able to pivot and try another type of technique. There's a lot of different things that you could do. I don't know if you got a chance to see the sliders. Amazing. I absolutely love them. The Decay Brigade, uh, they're great. I used to watch them at Not Scary Farm, you know, when I was supposed to be haunting. But, you know, when you see these guys just go, it's just amazing. It's hard to work because you're just watching these guys do this great thing. So one of the things that sliding was started at Not Scary Farm, Not Scary Farm, and then they've progressed it to an art where now it really is almost a sport. And some of the things that those guys do, I could never do it. But like the jumps and, and the flips and all these kind of things, it's really amazing. But when it comes down to it, it's one part of your scare. And all the best sliders use sliding as part of their scaring. And you, if you go, especially to Knott's, or we have at 17th Door, we have sliders too. It's slide, you get the first reaction, you get your pop-up, and then you get your scaring on them. So you don't just slide and leave. That's a mistake a lot of young sliders do. It's a process. The more, like, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm doing it over 40 years. So a lot of people like come to me, ask me questions, and, can you give me a tip for this? Can you give me a tip for that? You gotta find the haunter inside yourself. Everybody haunts differently. You gotta find what's right for you. I love watching the sliders. Could I do that? No. Would I want to do that? Maybe if I was 30 or 40 years younger, but I just can't do that. But there's other techniques when I watch other people working, and I'm like, hmm, that's really interesting. I like the way they did something like that. Will I try to copy them? No. Would I take something that they're doing and think about it, change it and make it mine? Absolutely. And that's important that all haunters know is, you know, it's not, you're not the first person to invent this. It's something that we all have to share and we all have to support each other. It's a great time to be a haunter because, you know, when I started, people really looked down on it. Like I said, my family was never interested in my haunting. So, yeah, it is a really good time to be a haunter because there's so much. And, like, people that have been doing it for so many years just are happy to share their knowledge. Most of the time are happy to share the knowledge to the new generation. Over 40 years, we have seen the haunt industry change so radically. What have been some of the newer technologies that you've really loved using as a haunter? Well, my first haunt, we used strings on skulls in a coffee can, if people remember what a coffee can was. And then we'd pull it up, you know, over the top, and you'd see the skull jump up, real low tech. But people just got scared with that. But you can't scare people like that anymore. You have to be more sophisticated. Even just bringing smoke machines into haunts was like a big change. Because when you walk down a hallway and there's nothing there and you see an actor, oh, well, there's the actor, there's the guy scaring. But if there's fog in it, even if there's nothing else, there's fog, you're changing the atmosphere. And as you're getting closer to the haunter, you're like, oh, you feel different because you're feeling different because of the fog. Drop panels, boom. I saw some new ones that they invented for 17th door brand new they're going to try it the first year they're not drop panels that drop they're fly-ups so they're going to go up the guy who created the 17th door he's like he's like a mad genius he comes up with all these different innovative ideas his first place it had these this locking door system so as you walk into a room 
both doors, you're locked in the room. When the bell goes off, the doors open and then you go through. So it's not a conga line. So you're able to experience different things in different rooms and people in the room will experience the different things. So it's pretty neat. You know, there's a lot of like things, people use a lot of electricity now. So there's like shocking stuff. The thing that's really interesting is back only maybe 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, you have to be really creative to make some of these things. Now you can go to a catalog and go, I want a zombie floating across my room. Oh, here's one in a catalog, pay money, you get it, you hang it in your house or you know across your lawn. And all of a sudden you have this amazing special effect that you've probably seen in the movies or something. So now at the 17th door, we're trying to go to the next step. Everything is created in house. We have a room that's a giant room, let's say. So all these rooms are the same size and then you walk into this room and there's a bed and it's over, it's huge. They got a huge mattress. They made a toilet that's three times as big. So you feel different when you walk into the room. So everything that, that they think of and they try to do new things, like the ballroom. We were the first ones to do this where you come into a small room and there is an actor in it with you and then all of a sudden the lights dim or go out and then all of a sudden balls drop like you're in a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit and you're completely covered head all the way up you're sitting on a bench you're all the way over your head you're covered in balls claustrophobia and everyone's like this mercy before they could say mercy lights come on balls drop out the bottom it was brilliant brilliant and then it gets vacuumed up and then it goes up through this machine and gets ready to drop again so the special effects that are going on now is amazing. See people doing wire work and floating haunters. That's been around for a few years, but now when you see it, it's really cool. Like it's not just people on harnesses, jump here, jump there, jump here, jump there. Now it's floating. So they're on wires. Now that's really, really getting to the point where we're doing like a theatrical haunt and stuff like that. So that's really, really an amazing change that I've seen a lot of changes and I don't know where it'll stop every year there's all new things you know I see new things all the times like I said in the catalogs you know I, I read them all the time because I just find it fascinating I don't do a haunted house myself I go to perform one but I just find it's really fascinating to see what's out there and what's next yeah which reminds me what's next for you I am doing this year 17th door this is my Fourth year at the 17th door. I'll do, uh, I have my last audition. I do uh, help with the audition. So we have auditions. Then we have Haunt 101, and that's training new haunters that have never haunted before, that we hire, that have skills that, that's why I like doing auditions, because I can tell who can haunt. And I take them and I run them through Haunt 101 and tell them how basic stuff, how to be safe and be scary. But it's, everything I tell them are just tips to move them into the next set. Then we open up the doors and we train them for whatever area they're gonna be. They do the different characters. We watch how they are. Sometimes we have to move them around, get them into different spots, see where they work best. Some people like moving around all the time. I'm gonna be doing a type of doctor at this haunt that's coming up. So that's my next thing. And then I'm also doing some promotions with John Schnitzer for Hunters of the Art of the Scare, which is on right now on Netflix. So, you know, anybody who wants to see it, if you have Netflix, you can see it. If not, you can go online to Haunters, HauntersTheMovie.com and you can order a DVD or rent one. They're not expensive. They're really easy if you want to watch it. And it's, that movie follows three stories. I'm one of the stories that John picked. And then Donald is another one. And then Russ is another one. So it's three different 
stories completely different that take place within our industry and the extension of our industry. I also do movies and TV shows. You can see me from time to time behind the scenes doing things. I was in Elevator. Everybody likes me from that. It's like when people just stop me and they're like, you were in Elevator and then somebody else would be like, I saw you, not scary for. It's kind of, kind of really cool. I love it. It's, I don't know, I love doing it. I love speaking about haunts and haunted attractions. And uh, yeah, it's cool. What if people want to get in touch with you? You can always get me at Char Mayer, that's my name, S-H-A-R Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. Charmayer.com is my website. And then I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Char Mayer, YouTube, Char Mayer. I'm the only, I'm easy to find. There's three of us and I'm the only one as a monster. So, you know. <laughs> that would be a distinguishing feature. <laughs> yeah, I love to talk to people. Anybody that's into haunting, has any questions, I'm totally open to just chat with people, haunters. I've talked to haunters all over the world now, ask me different things. New Zealand has a great haunt culture. I just started talking to some people from down there in Europe too. So it's been a great experience. And like, I'm just like really open to that kind of thing. And I love talking to people who are either creating haunts or who mostly what I like, people who are actors or haunters like myself. Before we have to wrap up, and thank you for your time, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity and making a difference what would you want them to get from you be open to changes don't think enough is enough change what's happening push the box out how far can you take it don't sit on your sit back sit on your laurels don't take this is good enough say where can I go with this keep an open mind try new things not everything works but you always gotta try new things. Like here at Scarole, this is our first year, we went dark. We wanted to try something different. We wanted to be challenging the norm. And I think that's really important for all artists to continue to challenge where you are. Don't stay stagnant. Without change, you don't get growth. Growth is the most important thing for an artist. You keep trying new things and moving forward. Sure, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you, Dodd. Uh, pleasure talking to you anytime. You and I have been listening to legendary scare actor, producer, and haunt consultant, Char Mayer. If you're in Southern California this Halloween season, check out some of her work if you dare at the 17th Door Extreme Haunt in Fullerton. And as Char mentioned, if you have a question about haunt techniques or haunting in general, you're welcome to contact her at charmayer.com. That's Char Mayer, spelling her name S-H-A-R, last name M-A-Y-E-R, charmayer.com. Meanwhile, how would you like to see a great documentary? John Schnitzer's Haunters, the Art of the Scare certainly comes under that category. You'll find more information on hauntersmovie.com. That's hauntersmovie.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to additional Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.